Welcome to episode 390 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team. Welcome along to episode 390 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. You're looking nice and trim and lean over there. It's because I've lost about 20 kgs in the last day. Nice work. Joe and I both had uh, food, food poisoning. You're always sick or injured. Oh, you know what? This year, I didn't think that last night. I was like, sick I've been sick and injured and I'm off work now for the next six weeks. Not a bad time to be off work, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but we've got food poisoning and, and let's just say that the, the bottom end was exploding yesterday. Sheets are on the line. <laughs> it's funny, funny you say that. <laughs> actually, it's not this, going this actually flows on to a question at the very end of the show that I'm going to ask you. A conundrum you may have in a race situation. Okay, well, if I was racing yesterday, I definitely would have had that conundrum, I think. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com The world's best coffee, as simple as that. Athlinks.com The, ups, the website's updated, get onto it. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Trainingpeaks.com. The way that you can store your training. And endurance junkie. Cool merino gear, John Burr. On this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got a new feature. We have Geek Out. Geek Out. Yeah. Is this by Thorsten? Well, it's going to be... It's. It, it would generally be dominated by Thorsten, but... Uh, well, maybe occasionally we can get yeah, yeah. DC Rainmaker in there yeah, on as yeah. well. So it's going to be Geek Out. And this week it is Geek Out with Thorsten. Geek Out Corner, we'll call it, eh? We can call it whatever you like. Okay, Geek Out Corner. Uh, question, we haven't actually got Dawson on, but have we? We just, no, no, he's just, just giving us stuff and we take the credit. Us, giving us content. <laughs> yeah, you look like you've been smoking drugs, mate. I had a bit of hay fever this morning. You've got red a, eyes. A swim and a, and a bike and, yeah, a bit of hay fever going on. Yeah. You sure you've been, you know, a bit of wakey-backy there? Well, I, I did have a good session. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, we going to do some Ironman finishes as well, are we? Yes, we are. Questions and answers then. Okay, well, last weekend Ironman Cosmel happened and uh, we were speaking to Tyler Butterfield last week on the show and he said, oh, you know, I'll see how I go. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm feeling good, I'll go for it, and if not, I won't. And I was obviously feeling pretty good, John. He was feeling pretty good. But controversy. Well, yes and no. Um, so, well, first things first, the swim got shortened, and the reason for that, I'm not sure if it was currents or wind or a combination of the two. What they ended up doing was they ended up uh, basically putting everybody into a, into buses, driving them up the road, um, about 1.9 miles, I think it was, and they ju- jumped back. out there, and then they swam back. So... I'd say that's pretty good contingency planning. You know, you get screwed and you can't have the proper swim. They had a plan, still got to swim, right? So that's a much better option than. So than it do, did it do it as wave starts or do it? I suppose you don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a mass start. Oh, cool. I'm pretty sure. I guess they did something, eh? Yeah. yeah. So swims are obviously pretty quick. You know, the, the first guys were coming out in sort of 34-minute mark. I didn't actually see that, and I, th- I looked at the times, I thought, geez, they smoked the times. But then when you take the swim off, it's a bit different. Fastest swim there. Looks like uh, Skip, uh, Tob Skip, Todd Skipworth swam 32.49. Looks like the fastest one I can see out of the out of the crew. Then the next bunch sort of came in 34s, and then you had uh, sort of the, the Is that slow for that distance? For 1.9? Oh, who knows if it's if it's a current. I yeah, it must have been. Because you think, like, for a 2K, for a half, what are the guys? Yeah, but 1.9 miles is a bit longer. Oh, than miles. Yeah. Oh, was it miles? Okay, yeah. sorry. So, anyway, it's short. And then uh, you had your sort of non summary guys coming out in 36. So, where, where the controversy Ben was talking about, the winner was Michael Weiss. He swam 36.54, rode 4.22, just uh, really crushed them on the bike, and then ran a 2.51 to win in 7.55.23. Tyler Butterfield had a good, strong... 
That's a good strong kids. day, you know. Uh, obviously got smoked a bit on the bike, but he's coming off Kona, and as he said, he wasn't in amazing shape. Just going to see how it comes. But he came home with a 2:49 marathon for an 8:02, solid. And an Ecolanos um, again. Not not spectacular, but solid day there. And third place, only a few minutes back in 8.05. Do you think we'll see Alanos in um, Melbourne again this year? Who knows? Because you know, they won it this year, so yeah. you know, he had a pretty good race that day. So you know, And it's a big money race. And But the fact that he's done this race makes you think, well, maybe he's not thinking about doing it this year. Well, you've got you to gotta think. Oh, well, you wonder if, you know, he would have made quite a bit of money last year, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got to always weigh that up. Is he going to be good enough to win Kona? Probably is, but there's another 10 guys that could do that. Couldn't well, he go off and win Melbourne? Couldn't uh, do a good race in, in the European season yeah, as well? Yeah, and he, and he, he, won, he won Frankfurt as well. And so, you know, it would have been a good a good money year for him, I would have thought. Crap and Kona, just got to weigh out what year. We so whereas yeah. we look at this race, which is like a third-tier race, mm-hmm. he would have made bugger off that right, that race day, but then probably guarantees a slot. He gets, gets points, so the pressure is not on if he doesn't want to do all the races next season. But then, then you're thinking if he's going to turn up to Melbourne, you know, he's, worst case scenario, he's still going to get in the top five, ten, you know, like he's yep. still going to get similar points to what he would have got here. It's just interesting he chose this race. Yeah, so mm. I guess for a lot of these guys, um, some of them are coming off, uh, a couple of them are coming off poor Konas, so Lanos is one of those guys. But, yeah, it just gets you your money in the bank, end of the season, you can relax for Christmas, chill out, get back into training January 1st. So what, 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 I got an email from Peter Colson saying that how basically on Twitter a lot of the pros weren't pleased that Vice won the race. Erupting. Eruption, John. The real, I think Bevan Doherty said that Tyler Butterfield, you were the real winner out there today. Uh, the reason for that is Michael Vice has literally just come off a two-year uh, doping ban. Uh, literally. Uh, and I think it, like like within, minutes. Within, within days he's literally, I think it finished at some stage late November and so he's straight into it, you know. Uh, and what, what happened with his case was he used to be a professional mountain biker and the reason he got a two-year ban was actually from back in 2005 uh, an ex-pro cyclist I think his name Bernard Cole he um, basically dobbed heaps of people in he's yep. an Austrian dude and uh, dobbed in Michael Weiss and initially Michael Weiss got off and then they appealed it and then he got convicted. So he's never been caught, like, like Lance, never been caught or busted for yeah, any, any infringements. Nowadays, it? yeah. It's basically, he's basically been dobbed in, and, and obviously was enough evidence there to show that, well, you didn't get um, busted, but uh, he was doing the old blood, blood, I'm not sure if blood transfusions or blood swaps or whatever. So he got a two-year ban. And so on your thoughts, you know, because it is really interesting. Oh, like, it's, well, it's, it's an interesting situation because you kind of go, well, you know, you, I know that you think while well, you do your time, you move on. And whereas it seems as though there's there's a percentage of pros out there who have, um, you know, really kind of put a stigma around Michael in this situation and and really kind of frowned upon him doing well in this race. Yeah, you can see both sides of the story. I, I can definitely understand where all those ex-pros come in at. If I'd been racing him and if he'd been beating me in races and he'd been cheating, then I'd be pretty dark about it. I think you also got to look at this case. That was back in 2005. Who knows? He may have carried on doing it. But um, he hasn't admitted to anything. Uh, I, I kind of think that if you get busted, the best plan of attack, you put your hand up and you say you did it and then you try to make steps to to improve the sport. And guys like maybe Michael and guys that have never owned up to it, it just doesn't sit that well with me. But, again, done your time. Kind of got to move on. Well, yeah, yeah, because, you know, like Chris McDonald. Are you going to frown on me for the rest of my life because i got a speeding ticket? Yes, you know? John, I, I, I will. I no, but there's different levels different, of crime. Different levels know, of crime. You know, like everyone steals a pen, but, you know, there's that great book. <laughs> you stole a pen. The Truth About Honesty. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a great book by Dan Ariely, the guy who did uh, Predictably Irrational, which is a brilliant book. And it's about the truth about honesty. And he basically, he basically, it's all these kind of intellectual guys doing all these tests around how dishonest are we and we're all dishonest to a level mm. we all are dishonest we'll steal a pen you know we'll go, you know and we might you know it's okay to kind of nick you know 20 cents but then when it, when it comes five dollars it's a different kind of beast and yeah. this whole book's around this philosophy and, and there is this kind of there's a level of dishonesty we're all quite willing to sit and accept um you know and i would say speeding probably doesn't even go down the area because we're all speed <laughs> but especially now they've reduced the speed limit yes. oh, the buggers but um but at the same time then there's bigger crimes and and you know for yeah. people who are trying to make a career out of you know making money off yeah. this i'm certainly going towards the camp that do your time Move on. If you get busted a second time, you're uh, history, you know. That is a life ban. Never want to see you associated with the sport again. The anyway. interesting thing is, is how everyone's come out and said, oh, Tyler, you're the winner in my mind. Yeah. You know, I wonder how Tyler felt about that. Yeah. You know, because Tyler got beaten at the end of the day. He didn't win. You yeah. know, and I'm sure Tyler doesn't. Yeah, it's just a really interesting situation. But Interesting Michael Vice. But, but then again, I don't think it's a bad thing for the pros to come out and put shame on Michael because the thing is, you know, there's a stigma around him now, mm-hmm. and sure, he's gone on and won this race, but there's a stigma, and that's the price he has to pay. Mm. And if people who, if, you know, like Chris and Bevan, and we've also had like Carolyn Stephan, you know, if these guys out there, Brad Carterfell, you know, these guys out here are going on Twitter and kind of saying these kind of shameful comments around Michael winning this race, well, you know, that's something he's scared for him for the rest yeah. of his life. And if other pros realise that, that my peers are going to socially you know, disown me if I make this choice. Mm. That's another thing that may go in the, you know, against them. And I think that's a tool that these pros should be allowed to use. Um, and the other thing would be that you certainly wouldn't see that in cycling, would you? You know? Oh, they're all on it, John. It's a different group of athletes, yeah. So, yeah, it um, is a funny situation. I, you know, in some ways you're sorry for Michael because he won the race and it's fair and if he's not cheating at school, but then otherwise I... Th- you know. I think the other thing that's he's going to have to carry was you're not going to get many sponsors when you're you've been a. I would assume you're not going to get many sponsors. So in what the if future. he goes on to win Kona then? Oh, he's not a Kona contender, but he's he's, he's top. He's been thirteenth or eleventh in Kona, and I couldn't see any reason why. Just maybe that was good. But how did you know he'd been eleventh? I was on something I read yesterday. Oh, I, did my, I did my piece. Yeah, you did. Uh, he's, he's the kind of guy I think could maybe possibly get up to a fifth or something like that, but I, I could never see him winning it. Okay, John Gills, what happened? Joycey crushed it. Oh, go Joycey! Predictably. Uh, 7.52, uh, 8.52, swam 36.59, so she was with the, um, it's a little bit on the, slightly on the slower side for Joycey, maybe she was just, again, accumulating points, biked 5.03, ran 3.07, so, and she ended up winning by uh, nine minutes. Nine minutes. Yeah. So I'm picking, she wasn't taking her A game there, she was going there to win the race, get plenty of points, get some money. What, um, what was the payday? Oh, I don't know Sorry. off the top of my head. I'll, I'll, I'll be up for I'll give you that to you in a couple of minutes when I pull up Torsten's page. Okay. So Joycey did it you know, relatively comfortably, and I would imagine she had a bit more gas in the tank. Second place, Jesse Donovan uh, was 9.01, and Amanda Stevens, after leading out the swim, was third in 9.06. And so we look at, the, at Joycey's time, 8.52, versus the males' winning time of 7.55. So just under an hour. So that would lead me to believe that Joycey pro- possibly wasn't absolutely spanking it. And what I find really interesting, John, is you look at the profile of the females, we've got 18 who finished, got a few signed up who didn't race, but none of the real Kona people were there. 
No, you had a, you had a few in, um, in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, um, you kind of think that this would be one of those races yeah. where we already saw a few of those. You know, maybe didn't have a great race in Kona, or or like Joyce, who had a good race and just wants to pop it off. You know, Joyce is now boom, done. sweet, done, qualified for Kona next year, basically. And it's such I a it's imagine. such a luxurious position to be in, isn't it? I think luxurious, yeah, uh, because. You know, now she can really pick a season that really focuses on her being peak for oh, Kona. Yes. Whereas if you're going to be racing, you know, that European season, you're going to go for those Germanys. You know, John's theory is that people don't really perform in Kona. If and to be honest, if we look over the last few years, you've been right. It's not a theory. It's Torsten's it's, stats. It's, it's stats. It's facts. And it does take – I had a, a girl that I coach who's going, going to Kona next year. Well, hopefully she is. And we're sort of looking at her season. I'm saying, look, if, if, if you're somebody who can – not guaranteed qualify, but you're an age group and you've got a really strong yep. chance. You want to have a good Kona, try to qualify at one of these end-of-season races, then you've got the whole season in yeah, front of you. Yeah. So Joycey may well, and I'm pretty sure she will now, still go and do an Ironman race, but you can do an Ironman race at 80% or 85% and not have not have that pressure of, oh, God, I've to, got to make sure I get points or, you know, just, just try some different tactics there and um, so well, it's great. You know, you look at the evolution of the sport and, you know, it seems to be that these top guys can only really pull off one or you know one maybe two maximum mm. great races a year you know like Alanos last this year has had two great races you know he mm. in Melbourne and Germany but really when we look at those guys who have that really stellar performance outside of you know Dirk Bockel had a great mm-hmm. road hasn't been able to pull it through in Kona and, and you know you look at these guys who are that top top level they really just focus on one race now don't they they do yeah so. I'm just going to give a bit of love to see if I can find the first there we go first female age group Jana Rich Tolva from the Czech Republic. 9.35, finished nice in 11th place. And the first male, let's see if I can find that quickly. Got to start giving these first age groupers a bit of love. First age group male in 11th place from Mexico, Alfredo Picaro Troyano from Mexico in 8.39. Okay, John, Ultraman happened over the weekend as well. And Ultraman is a pretty crazy race. It goes, what, long swim, bike, bike, long run. Is. It's a day one big swim, 10k swim. This year they had currents head, head, um, in their face, so they were quite a bit slow. 10k swim. 10k swim. And then they, How long does that take them? It, oh, it took them like 15 minutes longer than normal this year. Uh, she did 10k swim, 237 for Hillary, and she was first out of the swim, Hillary Biscay, yep. including all the guys. And then they go for a 90 mile bike, and it took Hillary 602. And then on the second day, they have a 171-mile bike ride, and she did an 8.26 on that. And then they have the double marathon on the final day, and Hillary did the second-best-ever Ultraman women's double marathon split of 7.23. That's pretty good. So Hillary actually finished, uh, she, she actually spanked, yeah. spanked the living daylights everybody, out of everybody, finished third overall, very impressive, didn't quite get the course record, but this year was a bit slower than, than usual, but very dominating performance. On the guy's side of things, we had Miro Kruger from Slovenia, I think it is, taking it out, he is 51. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, so It'd be cool to get, like, you know, like, it is a unique kind of field, and there's a limit to the numbers, isn't it? You think 30, I isn't think it? it's 30 or 50. So, you know, so it's not, you know, it's in some ways it's not the most competitive race because it's pretty limited, but mm. it'd be awesome to see, like, a Crowey, you know, see the top guys race this race and see what kind of performance they could put in. Yeah, it would be. Um, Alexander Ribeiro, who's won the race uh, heaps of times, uh, was second. He blew up on the second half of the marathon, and Tim Sherpa from the States was third. On the on that guy Chris, Christian Isaacson, he was that guy who was doing Yay, the high, yep. high epic five or whatever. Uh, he was in fourth place. 
Then Amber Monfort, who was the course record holder, she had a pretty poor poor time of it and was th- over three hours behind Hillary. And Vanusa Marcial from Brazil was uh, another couple of hours back in third place. So, what does it cost you to do? Uh, yeah, you love asking me questions. Yeah, I, I should know. No. no, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's a thousand bucks US. Because I've got absolutely no idea though. Just, we just draw a line. Here we go. Sixteen hundred. Oh, there you go. That's pretty close. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be interesting to see because you know when you're thirty, you know, 30 50 people, you're not making a huge amount of money off a race. Like, you know? I don't think it's a jet money generator. No. Yeah, but it's but it's lasted for a long time, hasn't it? Quarter won it, 30, didn't it? Thirty years, thirty year anniversary. Yeah. Right, that's Ultraman. It's done. Mm. It's done and dusted. Okay, um, Crowey is not done with Kona, John. He's well, no, he's no. done with Kona. Yes. He's not done with Iron Man. Yeah, so he's he moved back to Australia and. I reported a little while ago that you know he had uh, said not doing Kona again, and you kind of assumed that maybe he's not doing Iron Man, but in fact he said no, still planning on doing the Iron race? Man yeah, here and there, and doing a lot of races much closer to home. So you guys in the states probably won't see him nearly as much, but it sounds like we're going to see him a lot more in Asia, racing in Australia. He might be at the Ashburton Half next year. He could be. I think you know just yeah. just uh, watch out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take my A game. Actually, I won't take my A game. I won't be taking any game at all because I'll be on recovery time. <laughs> so good. To see Crowley still be doing some Ironman racing. What do you think will happen there? Oh, he'll, st- he'll still crush it. Yeah, you know, Kona's Kona's different to other races. He's still been really competitive at a lot of his seventy point three races. I know he bombed out at uh, at seventy point three Worlds as well. But he's he's had still he's still very competitive. He's not obviously as fast as what he used to be, but you know he'll, he'll still win plenty of the seventy point threes that he does. Which I totally agree. Like the guy is obviously a pretty high pedigree. But the thing is, does that want you know, there's, there's, oh, yeah. and the, the 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 training it takes to stay at the high level kind yeah. of slowly slip away or quickly slip away because you know one of the things he says in the article is that hey you know what I'm really keen to be hanging out with my family again we've got a young family we need to be in one place I'm not willing to sacrifice my family life for my sport life anymore I'll do some races local kind of Asia Pacific races which you know which is all good but then day does it kind of go you know oh yeah I get I'm we would have to ask him that question, but I'm sure that what the desire is not quite as strong as it as it used to be. But he can still make a fantastic living out of the sport. And uh, how long for? Oh, I would have thought for quite for, for for guys like him, for someone like Freddie Van Leer, who's won once, or a Pete Jacobs. You know, Crowe goes down as one of the legends. Yeah, he's, he's a household name. Heaps, and heaps. So he's um, he, he could milk it for a long time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, challenge Phuket, John, what happened? We had, so the, this is the first year it's been a challenge race uh, It used to be a 70.3 And they had the Laguna Phuket Triathlon last weekend And then they have a, basically a festival week And then they double that up And they have the challenge, which is a half-distance race Rasmus Pritrius from Denmark Took it out in 4.05 From Alberto Casaldi and Rudy uh, and Alberto Alessandrioni. Crikey. You can see got 13th. I know, I was pretty impressed with that. <laughs> he was only four minutes behind Pete Jacobs. Yeah, and Pete Jacobs got checked. Pete Jacobs, what's going on there? What's going on there? Surely he just took it an easy day. Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, Melissa Holstein took out the, the girls' race from Radka Vidikova. And <laughs> Tamsin Lewis, third place. Nice work, Tamsin. Yes, love your work, Tamsin. So big, big weekend over there. If you want to get, you know, some really two races, go to a cool location. That's good value. Yeah, for sure. There you go. And the parties apparently 
pretty epic. Are they really? I heard about. I heard someone's going to be partying a lot this weekend. Yes, big big weekend on the social calendar this weekend. It's got three three events, haven't you? Yeah. What are they? Friday night is Blinders on the board for our, the preschool. Yeah, and so we've got that dinner. Then Saturday we're going to the Wine and Food Festival. Probably go out for dinner as well. Is that the one that's at Hagley Park? Yeah, nice. And then Sunday is Blinders work day. Oh. and she's going out Thursday as well. She's going to be a wreck. Wow. When was the last time you partied three nights in a row? Oh, we had a pretty big party on uh, on Friday night as well. Did you? What was that for? Oh, Jen's surprise part- birthday party. Phil oh. and his wife, Jen. How'd they go down? Yeah, she was surprised. <laughs> we did not have a clue. Oh, really? Because we were supposed to be going out for dinner. We went around there and we're sort of just having a few, bit, pre- bit of preloading. Yep, preloading. Cheaper. Pre-loading. And we're you know, getting ready to go out and then people just started turning up. Oh. She didn't have a clue. And did it get pretty messy? It didn't get that messy, but I was still... A little fatigue the next day. <laughs> a bit fatigue. Okay, Challenge Almere Amsterdam to host the 2014 ETU Long Course Distance Triathlon Championships. Now, I put a post on our Facebook page because um, good on your challenge. It's great to have championship races and, and Ironman do exactly the same thing. They have the European 70.3 champs and they have the European Ironman champs and you have your North American champs. But this is associated really, with... Do they mean anything? And I, so I put that question up there. I said, for Euro athletes... It's good PR. What, means, what it means more to you, the WTC Euro champs or the ETU Euro champs? So the challenge one is associated with ETU, which is the European Triathlon Union, which is part of, you know, sort of the ITU. Basically, they're all, you know, the, the national bodies. So with that one, you know, you race in your... Well, I, sh- I don't know if you do. You, in theory, I would have thought you're supposed to race in your national colours. You're representing your country. When you're doing the WTC side of things, you're basically representing yourself. You still have your country name there, but you're not, you don't have to qualify or anything. Well, if, anyway, you guys probably know what I mean. Yep. Anyway, the, the consensus was most people... Um, Gary Fegan said WTC Euro champs doesn't mean much. No one sees the regional champs... Uh, as real championship races, especially as the field is split between Frankfurt and Rote and then the, the over the half distance is the same sort of thing. Uh, a lot of people are saying they'd say Rote, Rote carries more, um, means more to most Euro athletes, uh, Rote and Kona. Um, and Rote, I think, sometimes is the, the European championship. Kind of unofficial, well. really, yeah. yeah. Um, Richard Hayton-Lewis says neither. It's all about Kona or qualifying for Kona, ETU. But this is a half, isn't it? Uh, Almera is a full, so I didn't actually oh, check okay. there. I was just interested to see, and this is the consensus that I think most people say. For us, you know, like we have Auckland seventy point three, Asia Pacific Championships. But that seemed to be a bigger, bigger pedigree, but yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it, like it's only year one, but you know, like it, they get a bit more PR, and it definitely seemed like it got a better field than most seventy point three for, for the pros. Yeah, um, yes, I'd say it does, and that's partly points, money. And a bit of prestige, but for your age groupers, dunno. Dunno. Don't have any solutions, sorry. Yeah, it is a funny one. It's the downfall of our sport, isn't it? We've got some bloody people who are saying they kind of run the sport. There's no real Oh yeah. You know like, Coast to Coast, World World Multi Sport Champs. Yeah. John, I put in a race on next week. It's the World Triathlon Champs. That's the thing. I could probably call the my if I wanted to. Change it. I could probably call it the, the South Island Championships. Yeah. Like, Who's gonna stop you? Yeah. Let's do it next year. Yeah. I'm going to start doing it. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I do think it, like the pros like to have it next to their name. Mm. You know, like Mecca claims for World Championships, doesn't he? And one of them is one of those not so big. I'd say for the World Long Distance Champs. You think that's still his credibility? The World Champs, that has a bit of credibility. Okay. Just okay. the regional ones seem to just 
be a little bit thin. You got here WCC something about Bob Babbitt. Babbitt. Uh, yeah, I'm just it's just a bit interesting to see Bob Babbitt and the, and the competitive guys sort of following the challenge circuit a bit. They, I think they were over at Rote and then they were over in, in Phuket. So it's a great move by Challenge because you know they've got to try to break this American market somehow. And getting Bob Babbitt in there, he's doing all his interviews with all the athletes, and that's going on the competitor magazine on the competitor website. It's a, it's a good move to to try to break into that American market. And I saw Macca doing an interview and talking about that he is you know moving up to Tanya Pora. So he's going to live there. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be some director of something or other. Executive yeah. chairman, John. Yeah. Not the director, executive yeah. chairman. So I'm sure they'll do some good things. Funny, for like, it's funny, isn't it? Because I often think, you know, now, let's be honest, Mac is a very smart businessman, or at least he has very smart business people around him. You know, like if you look what he's done, like Mecca is the biggest brand in our sport by Country Mile. Mm-hmm. And even as he's starting to head into that kind of twilight of his career, he still is the name that when you, you know, Tamra Port, Tanya Pora, we've got a massive amount of PR out of this mm. purely because it's Mecca's name's associated with it. So, and, and you know, you look at what he's done with this Mecca Rex. Was it Mega X? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega now, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very, he's obviously very astute, or, or at least he's got very astute people around him. But you see these people who, companies who invest in sports, people taking over the business side of their business, mm. and it can often be a, a really bad decision yeah. <laughs> because sports people aren't necessarily great um, business people. So it'd be interesting to see, is it purely just name and face yeah. because Mac is, you know, brings so much exposure, or actually does he actually have influence? Yeah. You know, like I know that Challenge brought Macker on last year when we were in Kona, wasn't it? Mm. Um, around, you know, him having a part of the business. But is that more just Macker's a face on the picture of things or does it actually mean he, I don't know, like... Yeah. Your question before, Iron Man Cosmel, $75,000 prize purse, that's pretty reasonable in oh, the yeah. scheme of things. Yeah. So Joycey would have pocketed a little bit of money. We've got Western Australia coming up this weekend, is it this weekend? We have got Western Australia coming up. And Come on, Western Australia. It's going to be really interesting to see what sort of game Andreas Raylert brings to the table. Last year we had Jimmy Johnson take the race out in 8.29. I think it was slow conditions last year. Britta Martin, the Kiwi, took out the girls' race in 9.13 by just over a minute from Rebecca Keat. This year, we've got Andreas Raylert and David Dello, your two big hitters, along yep. with uh, Jeremy Dukowitz. Now, he was the dude. Jeremy Dukowitz was the guy who um, was involved in that sprint finish where he almost put, put the fend in on the guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sure that was uh, the yeah, right one. Yeah, that's gold. He was the one. Push him away. So Andreas Raylert's predicted to come in in 8.04 with David Dello, 8.14. Neither of those guys, uh, well, Raylert did race Kona, but I can't remember what stage he pulled out. Justin Short is still going. Oh, yeah, he goes forever. He's been around forever, hasn't he? He has. Jimmy Johnson's also in there, as is Eduardo Sterler, and he could be one to watch out. He's um, won Brazil plenty of times. Leon Griffin. Along with Luke Bell. Leon Griffin's name is on, like, every flipping start list we bring up. Yeah. Uh, And then Guy Crawford in there. Guy Crawford. He doesn't rank as a pro for you. Torsten. Guy Crawford is not from Australia. He's from New Zealand. Is he? Yeah. But But he's Australian now. Oh, no, he I think he splits half his time in Australia and it depends on it really depends on what rugby team you support, doesn't it? Yes, it and does. I'm sure he supports the All Blacks. So, so that's a pretty strong field. Raylert, Dallow, Jukowitz, uh, Marty Jensen, Jimmy Johnson, Eduardo Stewart Luke and Bell. Luke Bell. That's eight high quality guys. Yeah. And then you've got a you know, a bit of a sprinkling of other other dudes in there as well. So should be a good race. Only Peter Robertson, John. Yes. His name's been on a few lists as well. He has yet to fire at Ironman distance and he hasn't really fired too many bullets at half Ironman distance. Has he raced many Ironman? Uh, he he has done one or two. Actually, I don't know why he's not listed. He has. I'm sure he's done one or two. Nothing spectacular. But apparently, he's going to win Kona next year. For people who don't know about Peter Robbo, tell tell us about him, John. Oh, two, two, three, two or three-time world champion. Just a ITU distance. Is he on or off? 
He was. I, I never knew anything about triathlon. And a few years ago, it was Commonwealth Games, and uh, I don't think we did that well in that games. But it was Peter Robbo. I think the Cardiffield felt and Bevan. Yeah, Bevan. And Peter Robbo would just surge. Yeah. And then Cardiffield and Bevan would catch him up. And he'd surge again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd catch him. And he'd surge again. And it was basically the whole race. And then he'd blow up. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's, a, he's got a real attitude as well. Real, quite cocky. And, and, Has he? Uh, yeah. Has he got short men's disease? Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I raced him. We raced together as juniors in, in Japan. And uh, I was smoking him. And then he smoked past me on the run. Oh, really? <laughs> and he used to run with, I still think he still does, runs with his little bloody sticks. You just want to grab one of them and whack him. Why does he run with a stick? He has these two little sticks that he holds on to. Um, just sort of, just one of those things, you know, gives, gives him the rhythm or whatever. Brownie smoked him that day, though. Brownie was about 10 minutes in front of both of us. Wait a second. Runs with sticks? Yeah. Who runs with sticks? Like, you know, like a little relay stick sort of thing, almost. Um, yeah, but why would you do that? I don't know. He just did it. It's, well, so he gets in the transition, puts shoes on, and grabs the sticks. Grabs the sticks, and it's it's something he just concentrates. It's like maybe it's just a, a focal point, you know. He concentrates on the sticks, and maybe that takes his mind off other oh. painful things. Oh, the things Can't complain. He's a fast runner. Oh no, he was. Yeah, like you would have expected him to be really good. I mean, John. <laughs> no, yeah. he, well, he wasn't an axe on the bike, so I wouldn't have expected him. And he was pretty crappy swimmer when he started out as well. He was terrible. So were you surprised when he became champion? Uh, when you watched, you know, from when the days when. Yeah, 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 definitely. What made him great? Um, well, he pretty started pretty young, and he had a great run league. And so, although one of his world champs, he did break away and sat on Olivia Marceau's wheel in Queenstown, and Olivia Marceau just towed him around the course, and uh, and they had like this gigantic lead coming off the bike. And he just smashed and him he on just, the run. It was no brainer; he just smashed it. So, what made him great? It was a lot like Bevan and those guys. They started pretty early and just year and year out of training. And he was an exceptional runner. Got his swimming up to just a standard where he could keep up. And the biking, you know, John, yeah, everybody can learn to bike. John, Bevan, how, how many people won three world champs? Uh, you'd have Lessing, uh, Spencer Smith only got two. Uh, Robbo? Robbo got two. I thought you said Robbo got three. It was two or three. He won in Queenstown. Was it, was it when I first started coming on? Was it later? Mm. 2004? Yeah. Three. He definitely got two. Can't remember where the other ones were. I wouldn't say the many. It'd be many. I'd say Lessing would be one of the, the few. Mm. And uh, girl side of things? Girl side of things. Uh, really hard to pick. You've got a lot of, you know, no sort of top tier girls. You've got Elizabeth Lyles is expected to come in 922. Maureen Hulf in 924. Then a ni- Rebecca Preston, on the, maybe on the comeback trail. She used to be dominating a few years ago. She won mm-hmm. lots of Ironman races, 927. So you basically you've got the first six are expected to come in within seven minutes of each other. So it could be a good race. Julia Grant's in there as well. Go, yep. Julia. Go, Julia. Brie Wee. She raced last weekend. I don't think she's going to be there. No. Um, we've also got Hits Palm Springs. We've got 226 Boho. In the Philippines. And so. then we've got Iron Puntan. Puta. Puntan. Puta. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Punta in Uruguay. <laughs> Puntan in the face. <laughs> A couple of John's ITU updates. Um, there's going to be a new WTS ITU series race in Cape Town World Triathlon Series. Uh-huh. That's, that's the lingo. You've got to get with it. No, I'm, I'm not up with the play, John. Uh, in Cape Town, sounds like it's a bit of a shame. They're just, it sounds like a pretty flat course. It's beautiful in Cape Town. I've been there. It'd be cool if they had them. I don't know if you can ride up to the the, um, the table, table Mountain. That would have been pretty iconic if they'd done something like that. But it sounds like it's going to be a, a just a town circuit. And then the Brownleys are racing Abu Dhabi as well in the short course race. I'm not too excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just PR really, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm just kind of curious how much PR does it bring. I'd be really curious to see the people on the other side of the world. You know, like you know, because I'm sure you pay a lot to get the Brownleys to a race. I bet you do. What, what do you reckon? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you bought your seasons pass? What seasons pass? For ITU? No, not yet. Why not? It's only nineteen dollars, John. It's good value. Nineteen pound. And I get it on Sky anyway, so my Sky, no point double paying for it. Oh, do you, oh, you used to buy it, didn't you? I used to, yep. Anyway, it's a fascinating sponsor, John. Yep. Athlinks. Athlinks. It's up there, John, and we're loving it, aren't we? This is, is really good because what one of the downfalls of Athlinks in the past, you type in and say, right, I'm, I've got an event coming up and I'm going to type in Ironman New Zealand. And then you'd come up with about a gazillion different things. Probably not quite so bad with the Ironmans, but if it was a 70.3s, you'd get all these listings coming up. So now... Basically what you do is you type in Ironman New Zealand and the best thing that happens there is it comes up and you've got basically all the different results under, it's got a couple of different results up here, um, but basically then you've got one main listing that has all the results back to 1988. Really? And, and then you can go next next race is on March the 1st, uh, 2014, and you can click on that and you can see who's racing. So you can go back all, actually let's have a look here. Let's go back to 1988, eh? I thought Molina, no, that was the year Molina won. I'm in New Zealand. Scott Tinley took it out. Scott Tinley. 8.44. Oh, close race. 8.44 for Scott Tinley. Ray Browning second, 8.44.39. Less than 30 seconds in it. 30 seconds? John Hughes in third. That's Bruce Baxter was in there, 9.29. Bruce Baxter, the podiatry guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was that good. Oh, no, Bruce was way better than that. Oh, was he? Yeah, no, he was, he was quality runner. Rob Holt. He was for, a really good runner, wasn't he? Yeah, Rob Holt, former Ironman talk yep. listener. And he wasn't Ironman talk listener. I'm allowed to say that because that's when he used to listen. He's no longer listening. I don't know. He finished 11th place. <laughs> he should still be listening. He should be. He would have been pretty happy with that. Yeah. Although maybe he was only a few minutes off. Oh, he's only 30 seconds off top 10, John. Oh. He would have been gutted. So that's cool. You can go back all those different years. Who on the gills? Oh, I didn't. I just went off that page. It doesn't really look like they had gills back in those days. Because mm. not many girls here, John. No. Well, I can't see any so far. Oh, well, I'm, I'm off Kim, the page. Kim Stone. Nice. She had 11. Yeah. 1988 was a long time ago. Anyway, uh, and then you can basically, so it's got all things listed in one place, and then I can click on the next um, event, edition. 250 of people, John. That's still pretty solid for 1988. No, 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 but that's what I mean. You know, like, now look at it. Yeah. Michael Roberts, he came in last, 15, 12. And the cool thing now is then you click on the what's coming up this next year and that's where you can add the event to your calendar and that's what I've done and there's a whole bunch of other people up there as well and it's got their, it's got their PR time, their average time, their goal time, um, where they finish um, sort of percentage-wise and then you can put on your little predictions there. Tony Hodge, her goals for that race is to finish for Ironman New Zealand. Aaron Fern. Try not to leave anything out there. Second time round means I have an idea of what's coming up. I hope it's a hot one. Oh, John, I've gone to 91 here. Yeah. Kingler, eighth place. Do you remember Dirk? Dirk Ashmanite? Yeah. Yeah. He won it? Yeah. 8.30.33. Tinley mm. second, Melina third. Mm. No, Dirk Ashmanite. Paul Huddle. Yeah, yeah. Paul Huddle, he did uh, 8.48. He doesn't get enough credit. He was quality. Yeah, I don't realise he was that good. Oh, no, he was good. Scott Balance. Yeah. He's only 16th. I'm just talking to everyone girls. Gills probably, probably, probably didn't exist in the sport back in those days, John. But, you know, it was like the marathon. Remember back in the days, the marathon, they thought Gills would die? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think Sarah Coop. Sarah Cope. Cope. She was pretty good. Did she win it? Mm-hmm. Mark Elliott. He was my first coach in triathlon. Yeah, yeah. 
And he hopped me off. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, a, uh, I don't really need to coach you anymore. <laughs> and I this guy called John Newsom. Exactly. Okay. 2001. Jan. Jan Wanklin, that's Ken Glass' wife. <laughs> Who? Ken Glass' wife. Oh, okay. I think she may have won it. Yeah. Ex-wife now, I think, actually. Mm. Hey, these things happen, John. 2001, Cameron Brown. I'm, I think that might have been the first time that he won it. But he ran down Peter Sandvan, who was the current world champion at the time. And then Stefan Holsen was third. And then John Van Wees, who we talked about last week, who's doing the arch to arch, was in fourth place. Oh, really? Yes. Well, we go Eduardo back to... Sterler, who we talked about before as well, was in eighth place. And he's racing in Western Australia this year. Well, Ken, Ken Brown lost to Tim De Boone back in 1999, well, John. That was close. That was his first race. Ken's first race? It was only, first, first it was only second. 12 seconds. Yeah, and he was running him down. And oh, Tim, was he? Tim De Boone was like running in this T-shirt. He was sponsored by Polo X or something like that. It obviously worked, but because it was like 14 like, years ago. Yeah, he looked like an idiot. Is that running long? It's not a Sunday run, and Cam got very, very close. I think Cam raced the year before and DNF'd. I think he had back problems, and this, I think that was the first time it was in Taupo. And then he just about ran him down. Really? Mm. Pretty close, 12 seconds. Mm. But that T-shirt worked, didn't it? It did. Because you still remember the sponsor yeah. like, 100 years ago. Yeah. I like, if we go back to these days, Melissa Spooner. Yep, she was pretty good. Yeah, well, she won it. Mm-hmm. Well, based on this. Mm-hmm. That'd be right. Yeah. So there you go, Karen Mills. Yeah, Karen Balance, that is now. Oh, is that Karen Balance? Mm. She won it a few times as well, didn't she? Mm. She was our first ever guest on the show. Yes. Remember? Yeah, I do. Back in the day. Athletes, guys, that's what you can do. You can sit down and geek out on the races you're looking at. You can go back and see all the old names. Yeah. Or if you've done races for years, you can go back and see them. So check, check, check it out. Athlinks.com. Jumbo, discussion of the week. This discussion has been pretty poor overall, to be honest. <laughs> you, know, you guys really want to us to do this book, don't you? Jeez. Oh, we've got 18. 18 that's, well, that's twice as better as any other we've had. How many times has Sean Barnes been to, to Hawaii? Oh, no, he's been. Has he? Yeah, oh, has it not, not, not raced it. Yeah, yeah. But he's spectated. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, the year I did it. Oh, did he? I didn't know him. Ah. But he was there. Ah, because he's about all these comments, and I'm like, how many times have you been there? You've been judgmental, are you? Just because you've been to Hawaii five, five yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the volcanoes, John. Definitely a very cool place. Yes. So you're thinking he just made this crap up, did you? That's what I was thinking the week before as well. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Porno's one of our coaches for the running group, and when you introduce him as porno to a group of whole new people, yeah. it's always a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Eventually, they start calling him porno as well, but it is a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, so this week is the last question in our book, wasn't it? It is, I think. Well, we're going to make it. Even if it wasn't, that is the last one. We've got to get on and get this thing on the road. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end of our Iron Talk book being finished. The question we need you to answer this week is, what non-triathlon things can you do after the race in Kona? Rightio. Uh, Cherie Lutz said, eat the best sushi in the universe at Sushi Rock. Harvey. I'm going there. There's nothing in Harvey normally. I don't know, don't know about that, but sushi I'm, I'm rock, going John. Sushi Rock this, this year in Harvey. Okay, Peter Colson's got buy as much Halloween candy as you can bring on the plane on flying home. Buy four pair of runners for the next year, given they are a third of the price of shoes in Australia and New Zealand, and they should do you for the next 12 months. That's a good point. I always buy some electronics, don't I, John? You do, yeah. Yep. Yep. Tony Buckingham, I know this was covered last week, but a night diving before or after the event with the manta rays is amazing. Just make sure you open water dive, get your open water dive ticket before you head to Kona. Nothing like a ray the size of a car coming right up towards you. Well, Rogerito Del Paula Assis had as well. Um, we've got Cherie Lutz. I just did that one. Oh, did you? Got David Hopkins. Got you can drive to the top of Mana. Ma, where is that? Uh, which Mana Kia probably? Mana Kia, and see the observatories at night. The lava and the lava 
tubes at the Volcano National Park seem a biggie too. There is a green sand beach at the southern end of the island, which is a really neat hidden gem. And there is a black sand beach not too far from the south of Kona, where you can swim with turtles and watch them line up in their shells and clean by fish. I, I, I did that. I think we went there when, when I did the race, and I'm swimming along. Because when you're doing the Ironman, you kind of see turtles, but they're kind of mm. quite low. I'm swimming along. Just having a, you know, playing with my daughter kind of stuff. Turn around and no lines. Seven big ass turtles, yeah. like right behind me. And it was just like such a, I was just, I was, they scared me at first because they're quite yeah. big. Yeah. And then it was just like, wow, what a wicked thing to see. Yeah. Ed Hawkins, helicopter ride over the, the volcanoes and coast from Hilo. It was awesome. And stand up paddle boarding on the swim course. Chill and enjoy lots of Kona Brewing Company's finest. Um, Pete. O'Doherty has got um, pretty simple drink beer. Yeah, nice. Uh, a couple of people, uh, Luke K, have said head to Maui. So much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? I haven't been to Maui yet. No, okay. Thinking about it for next year. Okay, find the Iron Talk team and get a photo. There we go. It's Stuart Lawrence. Nice. John, you. Um, I've never really made the most of the post trip. Yes, so I would say that. One of the highlights of our camp for Epic Camp last uh, last year, and there is still a few spaces available on Epic Camp Kona Light. You can go to epiccamp.com to find out more details. I think a real highlight for me that I hadn't done before was to go for the run in the volcanoes. It's cool going over there and having a look over the edge and stuff, but when we actually ran, and it's not a long run, it was only um, 45 minutes or something oh, okay. like that, uh, running down into the crater and, and across that, that was that was pretty cool. So really? I'd say that, that would be one thing. Um, if you had the energy to ride up um, Coloco Drive, which we did on the camp this year as well. Wasn't that crazy? That was pretty crazy. Well, Don't you've just an eye, man. Yeah, yeah. Highly unlikely. Yeah, well, it depends how long you're staying on. That would be another one. I definitely want to go do the manta rays thing. They haven't done that yet, but that, I've seen them. They haven't dived them. That would be cool. And then also, I know it's probably going to cost an arm and a leg, but that uh, helicopter trip, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. They make it look pretty cool in, 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 the, in the, the promotions and all that sort of stuff. That's their job. And... I think the main thing with Kona is it's it's awesome, but there's, you know there's, there's not the big beaches and things no. like that. And if you want that, you've got to go somewhere else. Yeah, you got to go back to the main island, don't you? Mm. I, I kind of think even it's just lay down. Like one thing I did do after the race is we got my family stayed there for a couple more days, I think, and then we went to what's the main place you go? Uh, Honolulu. Honolulu, you went there, and um, but even just laying on the beach, you know, like it's such a beautiful spot in the world, and there's some beautiful spots. And I remember just laying down in the palm trees around you, and just a day on the beach is a bit of a luxury. And I think that if you can do that, it's it's pretty cool. So I have a I have limited experience with this stuff, so that's all I'm giving you. Okay, so we're going to do the, try to get the book out in the next week or so, and then we'll get it rolling. So next week, hopefully next week or the week after, we'll be announcing how it all works, where you can go, and when we can make it work. And then uh, really, we'll be selling 500 tickets. That's all we'll do. Yep. First 500, you're in, and then you go in the draw for the supreme winning coming to Kona. There you go. This week's topic is Christmas is coming up, and I was thinking, what are some of the best sports biographies or general books, not coaching books or anything like that, sort of endurance? We don't want to hear about Mike Atherton winning the Ashes series or whatever. Why not? Oh, I suppose so. I was I was thinking more endurance sports books. No, I think you should open it up because there wouldn't be that many, would there? No, I think it's quite a few. Like There's a lot of cycling, Eddie Merckx sort of things and all that. Anyway, if you've got a real gemmer outside of the endurance world, chuck it in there. I can talk about this now because it's not a sports book, but I just read Jim Henson's book from The Muppets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeez, that was a good book. Interesting man. Yeah. Do you know what? He, he, I thought he died of cancer. I thought he did too. No, I thought he, he died. I knew he was dead, isn't he? Oh, no, he died in like the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Early 90s, yeah. yeah. But no, he just, got, he just got really bad like sickness. 
yeah. and he didn't go to doctor. And yeah. he left it too late. And then when we finally went to doctor, basically, we were screwed. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating life. Okay, uh, put some music on, John. Yep. Um... Of the week. Multiple. Well, Rebecca, the Snow Ranger Smith, and Dale, the Beast of Barcelona, beached through these ones. And he's got love the show. Always gives us added energy to the dreaded indoor trainer rides this time of year. Keep up the good work. Where are they based? It must be Barcelona. They, they certainly used to be in Barcelona. We would like to nominate a couple of our ex training partners for Age Grouper of the Week. The reason they are exes is because right now they have more important project to occupy their time. What is it called, John? I think I think you'd say super super archio. Super archio. Let's, let's let's see what Apple says. Wait a second. Uh, super archio. Super archio. One thing I don't like about. Wait a second. Super archio. No. Super archio. Anyway, it's a special Sp- outreach program started by these three triathlons. Oh, John, we're screwed today. Zuhir Zamori, yes, Mariana Lopez, yes, Bill Ferriol, in Barcelona, Spain. Good luck with pronouncing the names, Bevan. See, that's why I just give it over to John nowadays. He even knows because I just stopped, yeah. don't you? <laughs> I just stop and John takes over. <laughs> over the past year, so how do we say Zuhir, Zuhir, Mariana, Mariana, and Bill, Bill, um, and the super, uh, the amazing super. Supachio Supachio team have worked with 45 at-risk youth, improving their life and teaching them valid life skills through our wonderful sport of triathlon. As Zuhir says, there is nothing like combining three sports to teach you the value of hard work, importance of humility and the appreciations for success. Using triathlon, Supachio aims to address problems of racism, social exclusion, youth unemployment, and poor education from grassroots up. I've had the opportunity to guest coach a session, and if I were to meet these kids before they joined Supachio, I would have been faced with a room full of illegal immigrants, street kids, trouble causes, and drug mules. However, after participating in the Supachio program, I was happy to find a room full of polite, energetic and enthusiastic triathletes. Superarchio is a splendid example of what the sport can do. It has literally changed the life of these kids. Over the last year, Superarchio has worked with 45 at-risk youngsters and exposed them to the world of triathlon. They are learning for the first time skills that have not only served them well on races, but in life as well. The story of Alex is a great example of Superarchio's success. Alex arrived in Spain after a long and arduous journey from his homeland of Ghana. Ghana, 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 Africa. Prior to Superaccio, Alex's only exposure to the open water was when he crossed the Mediterranean in his homemade raft. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Alex could not swim, so when he arrived at Superaccio, the coaches and his teammates had to work hard to overcome his fear of the water. First, he tried his luck in the pool and survived. But then, well, when the summer arrived and the training session moved to the beach, Alex could no longer hide from his fears. He practiced first by swimming parallel to the shore too nervous to swim out and around the market boys. After building his confidence, he overcame his fear and is now happy to swim in the sea with all of his teammates. Kathy is a young girl originally from Bolivia, and uh, when the local race, Sir Tri, generously donated race entries to Super Arachio, 
Should I say it again? Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. Uh, this past summer, Kathy was nervous but excited for her big day. This would have been her first race as a part of the Duraccio team. Kathy had the honour of being the last person to finish the race, but she did not finish the finish line alone as a photo illustrates. And the rest of the team joined Kathy for the final metres. As she crossed the finish line, she beamed with pride and spoke words that were wise beyond her years. As far as Kathy was concerned, there was nothing to be ashamed of finishing last. In her mind, she had the courage to take part. She achieved the goal that most people would never have dreamed of attempting and they've sent through the photo. The examples of Super Archeo's success extend beyond, well beyond the race course. School teachers and youth workers who had previously despaired when dealing with these students have seen vast improvements across the board. Many students were being trusted with, for the first time with basic responsibilities. School grades have improved and overall behaviour has significantly, significantly been better. For the above reasons, I would like to nominate Zuhair, Mariana and Beal for age groupers of the week their passion for triathlon and helping others to enjoy uh, the long term benefits of our sport make them truly worthy winners of age groupers of the week if anyone would like to support Super Art Joe's efforts and they're currently accepting donations and we'll put a link to that on dub 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 they'll give us a link we'll put it to um, on dub 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 I'm talk.me and you can do that plus Super Art Joe, uh, are in need of a kit John so yep. for anyone living close to Barcelona please donate your old try kit to the cause finally if any Barcelonian race directors are interesting are listening please consider donating entries for your next event when team members race the rest of the team volunteer or become the loudest cheering section so thank you Rebecca and Dale for sending us through that's pretty amazing isn't it John? that's one of the best age groups of women yeah that, that's pretty impressive isn't it that is awesome because there is you know like I think you know in some ways you know, we're, we're, we're a weekly show. We talk about, you know, the current events in our show. And something that we, we neglect to talk about is the character that the sport gives people, mm. you know, and, and there's an over, overcoming of adversity that's so powerful for, you know, us people who kind of come from pretty standard upbringings who have mm. had pretty good lives. And, you know, to, to, for these guys to really decide, well, you know, these, these life skills, let's see if we can help people who have had really tough lives mm. and really help them gain life skills that will make them better people and through the you know through our sport of triathlon to help them achieve this it, it's pretty ambitious to go and do that oh yeah and the time and energy that it would take you know yeah. like when you're going to put something into building a community you're putting a lot of time and energy into it so you know it's a bit of a i imagine it's a bit of a passion project for these three but man it's impressive and, and it's great to see that you know they're not just doing triathlon you know the, the effects of this work they're doing is actually making them better people outside of triathlon as well. It's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you, it? you see this in other sports as well. In, in New Zealand, we see it a lot with the rugby teams yeah. and boxing gyms and all that sort of stuff. But just hats off to those guys for doing that. It's outstanding. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's I don't think it's a thankless task because I'm sure they get a lot back. But it's, yeah. I'm sure it's so rewarding when they see these kids. You know, and it's, it is that whole, like I know with my running groups, one of the, the best feedback I get is when someone says, I'm better at work, I'm better at home mm. because I've brought sport back into my life. Mm. You know, and that's ultimately what these guys are doing. So well done, guys. Zuhir Zamori, Mariana Lopez and Biel Ferriol, you are our... Age group of the week. And uh, we'll put a link to those donations on the website, guys. Sponsor, John. Extreme Endurance. Now, one of the products that I've uh, been using a little bit more regularly, and I've just run out, so I've got some more on the way, is uh, Execute. And, and it's basically you've got 20 grams of protein providing you superior bioavailability. And the other thing that differentiates this from just your standard sort of um, protein powder is actually you can take this 
pre-training and it, it's got 1500 milligrams of lactate in there so taking it 70 to 90 minutes before exercise it allows the lactic blood concentration to rise this allows muscles to utilize lactate as an energy fuel earlier and helps raise the lactic threshold by using lactate as fuel energy source the blood plasma becomes more alkalizing and helps the body lower its acid ph thereby raising the lactic acid threshold which translates into m- less muscle burn and less muscle soreness so it's also got a bunch of vitamins in there. It's got your B6, your B12, vitamin D, electrolytes. And Bevan, the best thing you can ever get out of a drink that's a recovery drink or a sports drink is it tastes good. It needs to taste good. Oh, I've got my little it's got my little execute bottle with a little what's it gizmo thingy in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, the, the spiral we'll call it. Yeah, and chuck that in there. Get back from training, or I haven't actually tried using it much before training, but I get back from training and uh, milk, ice, chuck that in there. You're away laughing. That's what you want, John. Keep it's it awesome. simple. Just get it down you. Awesome. Makes you want to train because you want to have more of it. Oh, it does taste good. Yeah. It does taste good. It is nice when you have that, isn't it? So fuel and rebuild. Um, Kiwis and, Auss- and Aussies actually as well. I've got um, Execute. No, I haven't got Execute. I've got Extreme Endurance and I've got the Immune Boost. If anybody in Australia wants some, I can flick that your way now. It's pretty, really reasonable shipping. And yeah, we Kiwis and Aussies and Southern Hemisphere athletes coming into season. Now's about time you want to be hitting it hard, and this can help with the muscle soreness. Good times, okay, John. And remember, uh, I'm pretty sure the promo code I am Talk Five still works. And whenever you go to a race, they love the feedback. Um, they were telling me that they were at Arizona, and heaps of people were going up to the, the tent saying, "Yep, love the show, and great to have you involved." So we always, love that you guys do that. Always do that with all the sponsors. Give them a bit of plug on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. We love it. We love it. I'm going to put some music on, John. But here we go. <laughs> Side of, of the week, week mateys. Yes. Oh, how are you doing, mateys? Well, do your do your best pirate. Arr, no, what, what's the uh, what's the pirate's favourite letter? Oh, I think it's R now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of gave it away. You gave the, you revealed before you did the joke. But how are you doing, mateys? This is the the pirate's a good voice, isn't it? You know what I mean? Just how are you doing? This is uh, buccaneertry.com. Has yeah, it anything to do with the pirates? It is very much is to do with the pirates. So basically, it's a bunch of the pirates from the UK that have gone off and. What has it been? Has it been a breakup? There's been a breakup. Oh, well, now these guys have gone up and set their own, set up their own sort of race team. A bit like they've got in the in the UK, you've got that free speed team, and then you've got oh, the States, okay. you've got Timex. Okay. So these guys have set up their own little team, and these guys are you know sort of Kona level athletes. Oh, John, we made it onto the website. I know. It's a photo, like, it's a photo of you and I with Nick. I haven't Nick seen one yet. I haven't got to that page yet. But so the Buccaneer race team is basically a bunch of guys that got together, trying to you know get some good sponsorship deals for the team and share their knowledge of they're all sort of Kona level athletes. So yep. the team is Nick Rose and they've yes. been on, on their uh, is it a sort of their their crew page. Nick, Nick Rose looks really important in our photo because it's you and I. Wait, so come on, come on, photo, come on through. I think it's wasting back here, back here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, uh, oh, wait, this one. It's the one where we're interviewing him. So he looks like he's really official because he's got a mic to his mouth, yeah. you know, and he looks like what well, he's coming. There's him crossing the line. Yeah. And there's, there yeah. we go. So I think it's the next one. There we go. Look at that. There's you with your glasses on. Yeah. Me. And look, he's got a mic. He yeah. looks Mr. Official. He does. He does. So he's, he's first on the list. Nick, Nick, Nick Rose. And they've even got the I Am Talk IDs in here. And he's over. Adam Barnsley? 
But David Rowe? Hold on. Nick Rose has got his Nick Adm- the Admiral Rose, and I'm sure it was Nick Nose Rose, wasn't it? Oh, uh, no, it was the Admiral. You just changed it. You There was a period where you came up with some pretty poor nicknames, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. And uh, Nose Rose was one of them, and then I, I let him go with the Admiral. I, I got this one as well. Adam um, Big Schnozzle, Bardsley. I didn't <laughs> yes, do that one. Yes. And then uh, we've got David Rowe in there. David was, he was a, a something kid. The Green Light Kid. Green Light Kid. And Gary Fegan. Gary Fegan. Elaine, you haven't donated. Hurry up and yeah, donate. Come on, Elaine. You've got a, a flyaway runner's world ID and you've got all these other things on there, but come on, Elaine. Yeah, the constant deliverer. He's, yeah. he's donated. He has. Oh, so. I'm loving the Buccaneer team. I didn't know they had this site. So it has literally only just gone, uh, it's gone live pretty recently. One of the things they're doing is uh, share, trying to share the love a little bit. They've got, um, they've just done a big sort of Twitter thing where they asked a whole bunch of people in the world the tips for the working age grouper. So the little Twitter post on what you'd do if you're an age grouper and you want to. Either thing has gone on here. I oh, know there's, you scroll down, there's hundreds of people in there. All the vegans gone and just um, gone to all the pros. You've got Andrew Messick in there. You've got it's Melissa Holscheit. You've got. Uh, Miranda Caffrey. Darren Forget Smith, about your social life for a while. <laughs> Blinda Granger. Gina Crawford. You've got everybody. Gordo. I haven't got Read and apply. Oh, Gordo just did a self promotion plug. Yeah. Come on, Gordo. <laughs> He's got reading to play the endurance corner, how to qualify for series. Da- David Dallow's got a good one. Being single would make it easier. That, that would help. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Beth Ellis is going down in Kona next year. Joyce has got consistency in training rather than the odd big week. Choose a course that suits you and your belief. Mary Beth said similar. Pick a course, race course that suits your strengths. E.g. poor swimmer, choose a wetsuit legal swim. Paul Ambrose has got qualified at 7.3. It's easier to train for. And you're Looking do good there, Joe. Body. Looking good, feeling strong. How are you feeling, babe? Not quite. Not quite. Joe's sick today, mate. Look at her, oh, poor girl. Yeah. And I've still got to do in the housework. Still doing <laughs> What's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And the, the, I, th- I think the, the general gist of this is they've, they've got some race reports up there from Tahoe where Fegan qualified for Kona, and they'll just be basically sharing their knowledge. And, Jeez, they and got everyone, didn't they? And what they're going to then try to do is obviously for themselves get some benefits in terms of <laughs> racing as a team and get some sponsors. Brett Sutton. Yeah. Uh, if you can't swim, don't waste your money. <laughs> just Spend a hundred on me and make some change. Yeah. Kona shouldn't be in a, the only world champ venue. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how much money he's got so far. I don't know. Be interesting to know. Uh, and Fegan also said, when you give it a plug, can you tell the poms? That oh, John Newsom, you're on here. Yeah. Didn't ask me. It was no. in love. Yeah. If you're experienced, have a season racing short course exclusively. If you're new to try, ride your bike for a year. A yeah. lot. Yeah, so you said, well, I was kind of looking at if you're one of those age groupers who's been plugging away for ages and you kind of hit a plateau, then you go race short course. I'm going to give them five star. Oh, I can't give them feedback. Okay. That's mm. a shame. Uh-huh. Anyway, a few poms that are listening. Um, when you click through to the Facebook page from – hold on, what does that say? Buccaneer Race Team. When you click through to the Facebook page from the f- supporters, you found there's two offers. First offer – is a subscription to Triathlete Europe for fourteen pounds ninety five, which is basically the postage cost. That's pretty just fr- in time for giving to our aunts and uncles for a Christmas perfect Christmas idea. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So buccaneertry.com and if you guys want to go to the face poms, want to go to the Facebook page, and get yourself a good deal, fourteen ninety five for a year subscription of Triathlete Europe. Oh, good go. work, good work. Oh, yeah, this is the Buccaneer team, so check it out. Put that on www.imtalk.me. Okay, Jumbo, we've also got a new section. I need to find some geek out music. Yeah. Okay, here we go.
Geek Out Corner. Why don't we should change the theme the way we do an intro? Okay, we get a bit of high pitch stuff. Yeah, high pitch. How high could you go? Oh, pretty high. I'm sure you go really up those yeah. octaves. Uh, so it's brought to you this week by TryRating.com. So John and Bevan, I was following your discussion about Kona qualifying, the latest I Am Talk podcast, and John's surprised at not being able to find the data on the points required to qualify. So you were sort of saying, how many points do you need if you do yeah. one race? You need yeah. to do three. Yeah. In fact, the data is not easily available. You can look up what points were needed in the past, even that requires some extra interpretation with the different deadlines to qualify and cutoffs. But there is very little out there on the implications of the recent changes in the points allocation. Um, Torsten has done a post on that on tryrating.com. Here's a brief summary. If we had the same race results with just different points allocation, the cutoff, uh, the July cutoff for the men would have occurred at 2,820 points. Basically, that means you've got to win an Ironman race, a 2,000 pointer, and then just get some 70.3 points so you, for, for that one you've only got to win one race and all, all races now are 2,000 points so you, you've done you've got to do some 70.3s but you probably do two so you can get away with doing one race a year mm. well if you're good enough to, if you can guarantee a win guarantee a win however we have two extra races in the qualifying cycle until July Ironman Japan and Lake Tahoe I'm guessing that this would move the threshold another 250 points or so so that's going to take you up to around about 3,000 points then we have to take into account that people will race a bit smarter and more strategically for the new point system as compared to what they did in the old system. I'll add another buffer of 15% or so in there, which would mean the threshold to around about 3,500 for the male and about 4,900 for the females if they have less slots. That is a bit stiff if you've got it. That's quite a lot more points. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Although, and, and they get the same points allocation at a race, don't they? They do. Granted, the fields are probably... A bit softer, probably yeah, well, a, bit no, easier, a bit easier to finish, get get good points, but you know. But you're gonna have to race more, aren't you? You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you don't have Kona points, it'll make it a bit harder. At three thousand five hundred, it would be tricky for Marino to get these points just from racing one Ironman. Even if he wins, he'd still need another fifteen hundred points. That is winning two middle tier seventy point threes with seven hundred fifty points, such as California or St Croix, or three of the lower tier seventy point threes at five hundred points. Not impossible, but very small margin of error. It's probably safer to race an Ironman after Cozumel, maybe Frankfurt or even Austria and add a few 70.3s to, to build races that he's not, not forced to win. For the woman, getting the 4,900 points or so, even winning two Ironmans may not be enough to qualify. <coughs> he's going to put out um, some information on this in his end-of-year report for next year, and he's going to offer a paid email service with frequent updates of the KPR results and slots are spoken for. Um, also planning an ebook on pro qualifying, the KPR and implications, and he'll let us know when those things are getting uh, going to come out. So that's kind of cool. If you're running out of content, we can always chat on any issues around the KPR. There we go. So, so uh, ballparking it from Torsten's point of view, he's saying guys around about three thousand five hundred points ballpark, girls around four thousand nine hundred points. So if you haven't got any kind of points, God basically do two Ironmans. Yep. Girls probably almost got to do three. Well, you've got to do two plus... You're going to have to plus, do 70.3s. You've got to win two plus some 70.3s. So it really... What's the difference? There's 50 guys, 35 girls, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it just makes it makes those regional championship races even more important because those are 4,000 pointers. So, you know, for Joycey, if she goes and wins Melbourne, yeah. it's 4,000 points. Plus well, Joycey's fine. But so, wait, so Joycey got where in Kona? Second. So what you get? Oh, she she doesn't, just probably doesn't fine. need any points. Yeah, no, no, it's fine now. If you've got top 10 in Kona, you probably just have to roll around the field somewhere pretty 
pretty cruisy at, at an Ironman, and, and I think so. Really, there's only 25 spots for the girls, really, isn't there? Because top ten are pretty much guaranteed, unless yeah, they yeah, get injured. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. So if you're a new up and comer, you're gonna mm. have to, you know, you have to do pretty well. Yeah, and you have to be racing a little bit. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. It's, what yeah, what yeah, it, is, it is tough, but a lot of things are tough. You know, quite trying to get on the PGA tour. It's one of those things. Once you get on, yeah, but the difference is, John, we've got this girl Lydia Co in New Zealand. PGA Tour, she's 16, youngest ever 16 mm-hmm. to be on the tour, 16, mm-hmm. 17. Amazing golfer, and they reckon she's got a massive career in front of her. Women's PGA, mm-hmm. you know, probably not as, as marketable as the men's PGA. Mm-hmm. Got 20th, took home 30 grand, wasn't it? 20 or 30, yeah. 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 A bit different to I mean. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just some kind of weekend event that's not that special. Yeah. Oh, that was a moderate event. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. But still, but still. A bit yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I, I hear what you're saying. Anyway, I think. First year trying to qualify for Kona, if you're an up-and-coming pro, would be a bit of a challenge and you're probably going to have a pretty crappy Kona because you're probably going to have to do three Ironmans. Did you get that email from the guy saying how many triathletes are in the world? Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway. Yeah, that's so we've awesome. got to remember those numbers, Bevan. Ballpark at 5,000 for the girls, 3,500 for the guys. You know you're in. Yeah. Okay. Sponsor, well, John. Coffees of Hawaii. Do you know what's coming up soon, John? Uh, New Year's Eve Yes And on the day after New Year's Eve What do you need John? You need a bit of a pick me up You need a lot of a pick me up You need a big strong coffee kick yeah. And that's where Coffees of Hawaii comes in well, John was going to say Christmas giving But he just He turned it around And I turned it around Back on him it's, I, I tell you what is, you know, Often when you go to Christmas parties and stuff You, know, you take the bottle of wine And everybody ends up with about Two cases of crappy wine That they don't really want Yep Take them along some coffee. That's a good idea, John. Bird. That's a good idea. What a little stocking filler sort of thing. Because there is that kind of obligation to take something to a party, isn't there? Especially like buying for your parents. Always hard to buy for your parents. Sean and the porno came around the other night yeah. for our barbecue. He had a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Dave, Dave Dwan. Mm-hmm. He bought some chocolate. Nice. They did well. They could have bought, they could have bought coffee. Mm-hmm. I thought they were complaining about what they brought. Yeah. I saw, I think a porno looked, I saw his race finish photo from the house travel race. It looked like he had a coffees of white hat. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a supporter. He is a supporter. Do you know why I asked you want to get coffees of Hawaii, John? Because I'm on their Facebook right now. Kate yeah. Hutton, don't even know who she is. Yeah. Absolutely the best coffee I've ever tasted. Yeah. The Molokai Moleskine is delicious. We'll be ordering more very shortly all the way from Australia. Nice. Good old Kate Hutton. Nice, Kate Hutton. Yeah. Yeah, go on to their Facebook page. They've got a hell of a lot more likes than we have. <laughs> and um, They've got some cool things in terms of... Uh, how the coffee all gets prepared and stuff as well. You scroll down, you see these big, uh, massive big drying rooms and things like that. I thought it was quite cool. And they've got a picture there of their, um, a photo at their plantation during sunset. That is just insane. Well, John, I was at, I was at Pack and Save the other day. Where do you, where do you shop? <laughs> not Pack and Save. Why not? It's just, you got you don't get an experience. John, I don't care. Pack and Save, at the, at the mall, at the Pack and Save. Pack and Save is like the cheapest supermarket in New Zealand. It is horrible. But, John, they have a sign. You, you shop at the countdown, they have the, the standard New Zealand shopping list. Yeah. You go to Countdown, just up the road, cost you $40 more. Mm. Where do you shop? Countdown. <laughs> so, yeah. I save myself 40 bucks a week. Every year, John, it's $2,000. Yeah. Over a lifetime, it's a house. I'm almost comfortable spending that. That is forty dollars so, is a lot of money. That is uh, so you is you pain for for an hour. It just takes me twenty minutes, thirty minutes to shop. So you're you eighty dollars an hour. It's working. Yeah. How the hell do you get through a shop? You, you, you haven't got kids. You well, that's the thing. It costs you more because you spend more. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How much do you spend a week on food? Oh, I don't, we've done this before. I don't, I don't care. What do you get? Probably three hundred, three fifty. 
<laughs> we're 190. Yeah. So it's costing you, it's costing you 80 bucks a week because you shop at Countdown. Do you see the worry and care on my face? I think, well, it was Mr. I Type cannot up. stand that supermarket. It is just horrible. John, you're a, a horrible snob. experience. You're a snob and you know it. Snob. They wouldn't have coffee. They wouldn't have coffee white pick and save because coffee white is too good a product. But the thing that did happen at meat pick and save the other day is they have the beans. You can buy the beans. Mm-hmm. And one lady was grinding the coffee up and you can grind it right there. Mm-hmm. I walked past and I was like, oh, there's such a good smell. Yeah. And that's what you can do at home, John. There you go. You go home in the morning. You wake up. You grind up some beans. Yeah. You stink out the house with coffee and it just smells good. And you make that mean coffee. In the morning and Kate Hutton from Australia, best coffee ever. Best coffee ever. Check it out, coffeesforway.com. It will promo codes are on imtalk.me. If you don't want to get for a Christmas present for someone, you'll probably want to get onto it soon. Get so. the little gift, gift tin things. Yes. Questions and answers. You didn't really pick me up there, did you? Do you want to turn Skype on just so our interviewee knows we're. Um, what time are we meeting them? 11 o'clock. Oh, okay, it's time. Yeah, but you know, sometimes people send a message through and they're going, Where are they? You know, they might. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll do that. You get, you get, Matt Regan, John, tell us about it. Matt Regan, he answered, asked a few questions about Hawaii. He said, uh, sorry, don't have a Facebook account. I will be purchasing the ebook for the Kona contest and I'm hoping to go to Kona in the next couple of years. I'd be interested in a couple of more logistical plans for Kona. He yeah. kind of basically wanted us to do a, a trip planning. I got this email, yeah. I thought, he's asking a lot here. Yeah, and I'm not going to type a reply to that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, we'll bring it into questions and answers. doesn't matter which airline you take. Do some not charge for your bike? We can only come in here from the New Zealand perspective. Choices are, in New Zealand... Hawaiian, or you can go to Jetstar and Qantas or Australia. In New Zealand, got to buy an extra bag. Hawaiian, you get stung about 150 bucks each way, I think. Um, and then Qantas and Jetstar, you just got to book an extra bag. When you get to for, for anybody who's going via Honolulu, exclusive, everybody gets stung when you go Honolulu across to Kona. You don't even get any bags in your ticket allowance, so you got to pay. I think it's. 35 bucks for your first bag, maybe 50 bucks for your second bag for, to get your bike on there. So you end up, you've got no choice. No amount of tears sort of help at the Honolulu airport. No. It seems everybody pays for it. You some Melina doing his sexy eyes doesn't work. No, yeah. So it seems on the way back, you don't seem to get stung with it, which, but it's just from Honolulu, you always do. Where is a good place to stay in Kona? My family um, typically come with me to IM events, usually about seven of us, so we like to get a condo if possible. Should we rent run near the event, 10 miles away, on the course, n- not on the course? Should we stay in the host hotel? Um, I wouldn't stay in the host hotel. That would just be a zoo in yep. uh, the King, King K Hotel. Um, you could try out Endurance Sport Travel if you want to go for a bit of a, for a group option, have the hassle-free option. The other website you want to check is vrbo.com. So it's www.vrbo.com. And that's um, Vacation Rentals by Owner, I think that's what it stands for. And that's got gazillions of, of condos. And we, in terms of where to stay in Kona, if you go, your next question is should you have a car? And if you have a car, then that mean that takes out a lot of the hassle. But almost a, a large proportion of the condos are all the way down Ali'i Drive and just kind of depends how far you want to be from the action, really. Ali'i Drive to the turn, to the far end. I think Kino. you want to be close. I think if you go far away, you miss something. Mm. Like, you know, we've always been pretty close where we stay with endurance yeah. sports travel. And when yep. I stayed there, I was pretty close as well. And um, and I have to admit, if you're far away, it's, you just it depends on what experience you want to have. But I kind of think, you know, the closer the better. Yeah, and if you go down to key, the Kehoe end, then it is a, definitely a lot quieter. There's some more options down there and you tend to get a little bit more for your money. Um, and I've stayed down there as well and it is a lot quieter so you don't get quite all the, the razzmatazz down there, which is... 
good and bad. So well, got, I think the thing is, if you've been to Kona a few times and you've already had those kind of, you know, that Kona week experience a few times and you actually don't want to be in the hustle bustle, well, that's cool. But I think if it's your first time there, you know, it's just a, it's a cool energy. It's a cool place, and you know, and you get, you know, the, the expos, and there's just the energy of seeing people walking down the street in their undies, you know, which kind of is a bit funny. Yeah. But you know, there's there's that energy of this place, and I think if it's your first time there, you want it, you do want to be close. And it does get incredibly busy on let you drive. So whilst you have a car, you can you can basically bike quicker than you can right down your password. Anywhere. And uh, there we go. I'm just getting John Scott a password so I can go and do some crime with him. Yeah. Oh, really, eh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I've got a big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, righty-ho, next question was, uh, if going with a family, is it better to arrive just a few days early and spend more time after relaxing slash vacationing or go early and spend a few days sightseeing then lay low for a couple of days before the race and leave right after? Uh, it kind of just depends. I think gonna he be picked in. Honolulu. Yeah, uh, I would say... It's not the greatest place to hang out, is it? No. As much as we've done a whole piece on it. Unless you go to, and if you want to just have a relaxing time, there's some great resorts, you know, Manalani or go yeah. down to um, down to Waikala. In terms of Kona itself, isn't it? There's no, uh, in Kailua Kona where the race is, there's not many sort of resorty type hotels. You need to sort of go down um, onto the Queen K, go to Waikaloa, or uh, there's a Four Seasons on there, or you go down the other end to sort of the Sheridan end. But actually in the township itself, there's not too much of that stuff going on. So <coughs> I think the main thing you've got to factor in there is where you're coming from and how acclimatised you are. If you, if you want to be, if you want to be working that race pretty hard and having a peak performance and if you're coming from a cold climate you need a week to acclimatise at least and so that probably helps to I don't know, factor in how long you're going for should you make all the travel plans yourself or go with a travel company, go with a travel company, go to Endurance Sport Travel, if you don't just book it all yourself, pretty straightforward should you pack up all your own nutri- race nutrition, Jeez, he did ask a hundred questions yeah. didn't he should you pack all your own race nutrition or can you pretty much get anything over there there is a lot available over there, but I would never bank on getting anything like that. Well, especially if you're a particular brand you like. Mm. Like if you know you you like, I don't know, High Five might struggle to get that there, whereas if it's going to be the brand, was it yeah, Power Bar? Power Bar. If it's the American fine. brands, you're generally okay. Bikeworks is a fantastic bike shop. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on at the expo, but again, if you want a particular flavour, I mean, I'd be definitely taking your own stuff. Okay, Jumbo, we've got an email here from good old Mark the President Reagan. Oh, no, that was the last one. Andrew Weaver, and he's a bit angry at me, John. Yeah. John, oh, message. I'm not going to get into a huge diatribe on why low-carb diets are preferable. <laughs> I just want to say this about what Bevan said last week on the episode offhand about living longer. No, we are not. Well, actually, we are. You go to Wikipedia <laughs> and you do your oh, research. Oh, you've got – his back's he's, just he's, gone he's up. Coming, he's coming. He's hitting me hard. He's going, we're not living longer. So he goes on and he goes, uh, we are not. While mortality from acute disease, child mortality and accidents, violence, war may be dropping, taking the average life expectancy up, the rates in which people in the Western world are dying young due to chronic illnesses are going up. We call these diseases uh, of civilization. Plenty of endurance athletes suffer these same afflictions, even training all the time, due to their high reliance on sugars and grains. Returning to uh, pre-industry diet. He's steaming. I can see Bevan steaming over there. Well, no, because the thing is, the problem is, so this came from this article we read that grains is killing everyone. No, you're getting brain disease. Is it brain disease? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, grains. Yeah. You can't think straight. 
And, and my comment was, well, you know, we are living longer. And we are living longer. There's no denying it. You know, if you look well, at this. there is apparently. No, well, you go on Wikipedia, John. I don't believe anything on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. The average life. So here we go. Through the age, Paleolithic ages, when they ate no grains, <laughs> 33. Yeah. But admittedly, they, they all died as kids. That's the thing. Neolithic went down to 20. Bronze Age, 26. Classic Greece, 28. Classic Rome, 20, 30 to 20 to 30. Again, yeah, factoring all the... It was all the, the, the problem with life expectancy is lots of the kids died, so it brings mm. it down. Um, 25 to 30 in the North American pre-Columbian. Medieval went to 35 plus. Medieval Britain, 30. Early modern Britain, 30, 25 to 40. Uh, 20, early 20th century was still only 31. And now we're at 2010, 67.2. They're saying that with people who go over 100 years, currently in 2009, they had basically 500,000 people who go to 100 years. By 2050, there'll be 4.1 million people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so and, and the, the ironic thing is that if you look at Western cultures, we are the ones who live the longest. But anyway, going back to this argument, and he's got, I hope New Zealand is avoiding this plague, but in the US and um, the UK, obesity is skyrocketing. No, we're not avoiding that plague. <laughs> no, well, we, well to no, some levels. <laughs> there are t- um, our food supply is more and more artificial um, and more deadly. More endurance athletes are turning paleo diets and finding you can go long with low carb. Ask for you, blah, blah, blah. I'm an extreme example of this American situation. I was 360 pounds at one point. I lost 100 pounds before starting running in triathlon. But following a conventional advice from endurance sugar junkies, I stalled. I'm losing weight again and feeling great on a low-carb diet. I think the problem I have with this whole discussion, John, is uh. that what these people, what people do is they just point the finger at one area. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, grains are the death of all of us, you know, yeah. or, or carbs are the end of us. And it, it just, I think if you narrow the argument to one factor, you miss so much of what the problem is. Hmm. Like, the, you know, sure, you know, we can look down this low-carb and non-low-carb area. But the problem is if, you know, we, we consume more food now, we exercise a lot less. You know, how, why aren't kids exercising more? What about school systems? There's so many other factors that are creating this. And yeah. I think that what people are just saying is there's this one thing that's yeah. ruining all of us and the world's over. And if we don't change it, if we can stop the world eating grains, it's all going to disappear. Yeah. And it's such a narrow-minded way of looking at the problem. And sure, you know, there does seem to be some research coming through. And I don't think this is an area that's been hugely researched yet because it's kind of a new way of thinking. But I do think we will find that for some people, having a low-carb diet will be a really good option. Mm-hmm. But to say that no carbs is the you know, solution for the world, and it's the reason that you know this is the problem. Mm. Is I don't know. I think we just narrow the the problem down to too much, and we actually we're missing the you know the many different areas that it takes to overcome this problem. I'd love to have a big debate with you about this, but um, we got we got some other things to get. I've got an interview to go. So Andrew, we are living longer, so get over it. Um, what were what, what what those websites he mentioned? Um, he's got. Oh, he's got he's got a, he's got a blog. Oh, um, you're not even going to give him a plug of his Doe blog. Boy, no, 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 I'm, I'm above that, John. Doughboy to triathlon to ironman.com. I'll put a link to it on www.ironman.com. Talk to me. But we are living longer. It's a fact. Go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia's never wrong. He's going to come back to me now. I'm going to get a big email because it's going to happen. Um, we're not going to do the Ironman finishes. Okay. I'm just going to finish out with one question. For you. Okay, John. Great so, sponsors. Sponsors, we have coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, it's the best ever. Athlinks.com. Um, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Um, electric buffer. And there's going to be some sales on coming up at Endurance Junkie. We'll let you know about those next week, Endurance Junkie. Yes. Okay, Jombo, what's the goss? One question. I have so, to say, Doughboy to Ironman, it's a good website. Nice. He, he likes his paleo stuff. But building a bridge, yeah. building a bridge, aren't you? <laughs> he likes it. He's really into this kind of no grain stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you're about to get me started, and I'm not. I'm not going to get sucked in because okay. we've got four minutes. I can let him know we've got five minutes. I'm telling him we're five minutes late. 
And so, Bevan, you're, you're in a race. You're yes. running along. Where? Uh, what place? I'm probably winning it. Let, let's, for argument's sake, say you're in Cozumel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cozumel, okay. And it's just a question I was asking myself. Uh, and so you're running along. You're right in the mix for Kona qualifying. Yes. You're right on the Do I know line. this? You've probably got a fair hunkling. Okay. Let's just say, again, for argument's sake, there's four slots in your age group. Yep. And, but, but that's just predicted. So you maybe you're sitting sort of fourth or fifth. Yep. And you need to go for a crap, a poo. And, and it means me getting to Kona. No, so this is the thing. You come in, I was just, uh, so I had an athlete who, who was in this situation, uh, needed to go to the toilet and didn't and carried on running. But I was just wondering if you were in that and situation. And they got the slot? Well, they got fourth, so it's to be confirmed today, but I think it should be sweet. Okay. So congratulations. It's awesome. You know who you are. Uh, would you stop and go for poo or would you just keep on going? I was a bit of a conundrum. Did she yeah, poo we, we th- No, she, did, she didn't. No, she, no, she didn't. She, she did. She didn't <laughs> so you, got, you. you got sort of 10 to 15k to go. You've got this trade-off in your mind. Do I go for poo? Let's say that might cost you three minutes, maybe three if you're quick. Yeah, but then there's the whole then, the, the whole how your running style changes because you're pissing you yourself. Yeah, I was just I was thinking that myself because she what's, had what's the, what, I haven't what, talked to her yet. What do you think the time difference would be? Because the thing is, when you go for a poo, you will, you know, you could probably whip out a poo in a minute or two. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be the greatest wiper. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest wiper. That try suit would not be getting used again. <laughs> but, but if you spread your cheeks wide and just get it out, you know, you'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> no. When I've had to be running in the middle of nowhere, I always get my hand and I spread it as wide as because you don't want it touching. But anyway, so... I think because the problem is, and you're not thinking very straight at that stage. No, and, that, and the, the, the needing to go for a poo overcomes your running technique, doesn't mm. it? Mm. And, you're, and you're going to run slightly different. Mm. I almost think it's worth going for a poo, mm. and then there is the risk of pooing yourself. Yeah, and you, you know, imagine you're sure you qualify for Kona, but you're always going to finish line still with brown stuff running down oh, your leg. Start thinking about that photo of that running, that guy running. Yeah, there's a gold one, isn't there? He's like winning a marathon, isn't he? And he's he's exploded, hasn't he? Yeah, it's not just a dribble. Yeah, I think I think. I think I would stop. Mm. Yeah. What would you do? I just don't know. I, I don't think I would. But in hindsight, my advice to this athlete would probably be, probably you should have stopped. Yeah. Gone, gone quickly. Because the thing is, it's like that, isn't it? It's like, so it's, it's like a blister. A blister just overtakes your mm. energy. You know, mm. a blister, it's one of those things that's so annoying because it's actually not that much of a problem. Mm. But, it, you know, it just every step you take, your blisters here. Well, if you need to go for a poo, it's going to do that. And, and I imagine you'd be trying to hold it in a little bit, so yeah. you run a little bit different. Yeah, no, I was just interested. It was uh, just thinking about it. Was, um, it was cool. Right, Bevan? I'll let Rick know that will be two minutes, I say. So we're just about to do our Legends of Triathlon podcast. It is a couple of days late. We were supposed to do one a month, but it's now the, what is the date today? It's the 3rd of December. So this is November's show we're doing. We're going to be interviewing Rick Wells. You guys won't know too much about him. A lot of you won't who are outside of New Zealand, but he has been mentioned on quite a few of our other podcasts because he was a bit of a legend, or a big legend. He was a real champ. Yeah, yeah, in both short and long course in the 80s. So there's not a lot around about him. Marlena so, said he was an ex. Oh, yeah. Marlena yeah. talks highly of him. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people talk highly of him. Yeah. So we're going to go off and do that interview. Just and quickly, John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Had a big night, yeah. Had a big night out. Got a few big nights this week. Uh, we didn't have the kids after the big night out, so it was like we can lie in bed. Oh, nice. And had a had some spanking training last week. Did a half Ironman simulation and just crushed it. He's on, team. He's on. Game on. He's on. That's what I'll say. It's all back on track. Uh, outside of that, yeah, just lots of socialising now. Even yeah. what about you? 
Well, we had we had my work function. Mm-hmm. My work must have spent some money. Les Mills is traditionally really poor when it comes to work functions. Yeah, they always go and bones in their ass, you know. And, and this time they went all that. We went to a winery, John, free yeah. alcohol all night. Oh, crazy! And I wasn't drinking alcohol, but I was even you know those like you know those juices you get at Kef's where they paid you eight bucks for yeah, a bloody yeah, juice. Yeah, yeah. I like ten of those myself. Nice. So I was, yeah, so showed yeah. them who's boss. I oh, know it was a pretty, pretty good night out, and then we had a coach's barbecue on for dinner. It was good times. Yeah. That's about it, John. Okay. I think we need to wrap it up because okay. we need to go because Rick's yeah. waiting. All right, Russ. I'm in a train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.